Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Stand with me if you would, please. Welcome all of you watching online. Uh, stay tuned. It's going to be great. Just a short time, but life-changing. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Again, I want to welcome you. So grateful for all of you that have uh, weathered the storm of the last year. So good to see some of you back. And, you know, it was a real battle, but uh, God is good always and uh, all the time. And so we're so thrilled you're here. We've been doing a series uh, on gratitude on Thanksgiving and being grateful. And, uh, there are so many distractions in our lives and so much chaos and crises and all that's going on in the Middle East and things of that nature that uh, oftentimes we are distracted from the focus that, that God has for us and wants us to put on Him. Uh, yesterday at the men's breakfast, I spoke to our men about where to focus our faith. In a world that is fragmented, it often fragments our faith, our confidence, our focus. And it's so very important that we recognize that we don't put faith in our skills, our abilities, our cars. We don't put faith in those things. So sometimes in a fragmented world, we do. But Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. So if I could sum up anything in our lives, so you know, yeah, it's great to be confident. It's great to have skills and to develop skills. But the greater thing is to always keep our faith in God. As long as we have faith in God, we can always get up when we fall. We can always get better after having a setback. We can make a comeback. But we have to put our faith in Him. And oftentimes when we get really good at something, we begin to put faith in our skill set, our abilities, and we kind of forget where those skills came from, those abilities came from. But they come from God. And so when we put our faith in God, everything, everything, we put ourselves and put everything in the hands of God, and then we put ourselves in the hands of God, everything's going to turn out all right. And uh, the Bible says to be thankful in all situations, in all circumstances. Now, we're not thankful for everything that happens. Uh, but we also know that the things that we don't like or that we don't want to happen, that God will turn those things that the devil meant for harm, he'll turn them for our good. So even in the midst of difficulty and bad things, I can look and say, God, I know that if I'll stay faithful and I'll stay focused, that you're going to turn this around for my good. But oftentimes before we get there, we find ourselves frustrated, angry, bitter, unforgiving, and, and then we wait for something good to happen. Let me say this to you. You be the creator of something good. Don't wait for something good. Be the creator of something good. When you begin to get thankful 
it begins to change the entire atmosphere in your home, in your life, in the marketplace, in the workplace. It's an atmosphere. So a couple of weeks ago, I began the series, and one of the things was that when you're thankful, it creates an atmosphere. It creates a presence. The Bible says we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. When we do that, the Bible says then he inhabits that praise and that thanksgiving. So when I say you're creating a presence, that's literally what's happening. So in your home, in your car, wherever you might be, that you create that presence by being grateful. Every day that I exercise, I don't exercise to eye of the tiger. You know, there are all kinds of people getting pumped up, listening to music. I'm listening to sermons because I get built up. I'd rather get built up than pumped up. Your pump can go down, but when you get built, you stay strong. And so you get built up in your faith when you're worshiping, you're you're honoring God. You're creating a, a presence that changes everything. And so it's so important. Also, I said gratitude will keep you from comparing with others. When you start getting grateful for what God's done for you, you will not covet what God's done for someone else. Matter of fact, you'll rejoice that God's done something for somebody else because you're no longer in the comparison mode. Well, I'm not doing as good as they are. They got a new car and I didn't. Some good things are happening. They got a promotion that I wanted. Your promotion will come in due season. In fact, there are times that God will not let you get a promotion because it wouldn't be healthy. You're not prepared for that which he's prepared for you. And so God says, he won't tell you this, but you have to assume you're not ready yet. See, promotion comes from, doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from God. And so if we'll stay in the place of God, in the hand of God, be grateful for where we are, then God will prepare us for promotion. But if we think we're doing it in our own strength, in our own power, and we're not grateful for the strength that we have and the power he's given, then we won't be prepared. We would probably go from being grateful or not grateful to being arrogant. And God wants us to be humble in his presence. And so it's very, very important. Now, this is one of my favorite things in the Bible, one of my favorite portions of the Bible when it comes to being grateful. Being grateful opens the door to miracles. Now, I don't know about any of you in here today, but every day I get up, I need a miracle. I'm greedy when it comes to miracles. I don't wait until something devastating happens. I just say, God, I, I just want miracles today. You say, well, isn't that greedy? I think it's holy greedy. In other words, I think it's the kind of greed that's holy that, that, that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, the Bible says, and he's interceding for us. That means he's standing in the gap. He's waiting on us to communicate with him so that he can talk to God on our behalf. There are many people who say, I, I can't talk to God. I did something really bad last week. You do something bad every day. We all do. Just, and we don't think it's bad. And it's not like, uh, you know, a sin that will keep you separated from God or a bad. But just, just a thought, like you want to reach out and slap someone. Well, that's not bad, is it? Well, I don't know. It depends if you're the giver or the receiver or both. 
But that's what happens sometimes is we find ourselves getting frustrated and, and we want things to go a certain way. We want things to be perfect. And when they're not perfect, we get frustrated instead of saying, God, thank you that there is a silver lining here somewhere. I don't know what it is. I don't know how I'm going to find it. For all ever, but I trust you, God. I am grateful. And so gratitude opens the door to miracles. So in John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus. It's one of the great stories in the Bible because Jesus was a really good friend of the family. Mary, Martha, Lazarus. He was a great friend. He was known as a good friend to Lazarus. And yet, Lazarus finds himself ill. They tell Jesus he's ill. But Jesus waits. I mean, I'm just going to tell you all something. Jesus doesn't look anything like the pictures that are being painted about him. He looks like this little, I'm just telling you, he got swag. Jesus is so absolutely cool. He just waits. He knew Lazarus was sick and probably going to die. Actually, he knew he was going to die. His disciples are all wondering. And then when finally the day comes for him to go, Lazarus dies. Martha, if your name is Martha, please don't be offended. What, about, what I'm about to say. But Martha runs out. Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. She was in pain. She was hurting. And Martha was a busybody. She was complaining that Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, but Jesus says she's chosen, chosen a better thing. And so here's the reality. In this moment, Martha had lost her gratitude. Now, I'm not saying she wasn't grateful, but she wasn't communicating. Jesus said, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'm so glad you're here. I know that he's dead. It's late and all yada yada. No, she wanted, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. So the time comes. Jesus knew what he was going to do. And here's what he says in John 11. Of course, the Bible says, surely he stinketh by now. That's the King James. I love that. He's like been dead long enough to stink. So they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and said, come on, God, you got to help me here. He didn't say that. Come on, God, people are watching. My reputation's at stake. Our integrity could be in question. No. Father, thank you that you have heard me. How many times have you just gone to God day after day and just beat on the door? God, please give me applause. I said this a week ago. I said, once you've asked God for something, and you said, God, here's what I'm believing for, and I believe your heart's in it. If it's not, change my heart. But once you've asked, go, God, Thank you. I get up every day, and I've been thinking, I prayed for something six, seven years ago. Still hasn't happened yet. But I don't ask him anymore. I say, God, I thank you that that's coming. Why? Because I've asked. He said, Whatsoever things you ask in my name, I'll do it. Because he's with the Father. He said, So I'll do it. The Father might be glorified in the Son. So when you ask him, God wants to do it for you so that he will be glorified. Let me just say something a miracle changes the way people think about God. And we don't talk a lot about miracles anymore. And many people say, you know, miracles, we don't live in a dispensation of miracles anymore. We never did. We don't serve a dispensation of miracles. We serve a God of miracles. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did back then, he'll do today. Why would you serve a God who had a shelf life? (laughs) Well, that doesn't work anymore. I'm sure it's out of date by now. God is never out of date. He's never out of time. And he's always on time. 
We don't think he is. But God, I thank you. If I don't have it yet, that must mean I don't need it. There are things I want right now that I think I need, but obviously I don't or I'd have them. Just think about it a minute. If you needed them, because it says he will meet every need we have according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So if you really needed it, you'd already have it. So I just, I have this unique, maybe rare, I don't know, maybe even some of you would think, my relationship with God is not King James. I can't even read a King James Bible and get anything. I just, I just, it's thee and thou and thine and da, 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 da. So I have this relationship with God that I, re- I really believe if there's, if there's anything I've ever had a challenge with, this is not it. The, the tougher the times, the tighter the squeeze of God. Whenever things get tough, and even you've been stupid, I'm telling you, God holds stupid people tighter than people who aren't stupid. <laughs> that really benefits some of you. <laughs> Don't elbow your husband right now. I'm glad I'm married to you. God's really going to help us. But <laughs> but many times people think when they sin, they've gone out Friday night, Saturday night. They can't talk to God for a week until maybe God forgets about that little situation. (laughs) Well, I know. I mean, wait a week. Maybe God will forget. No, God is like this, waiting with open arms for you to come and jump in his arms and say, God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your protection. Thank you that you love me just the way I am. Father, thank you that you've heard me. I knew, I knew, past tense, that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. He's saying if they see this miracle, they're going to believe. And today we have churches just hanging on by a thread. They don't talk about miracles. They don't talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit. They don't talk about an active God. They talk about a distant God, and he's gone, and he has gone to prepare a place for us that where he is, we might be also. However, he's still very involved. He said, I won't leave you orphaned on earth. I will not leave you without my presence. So if you feel like you're without the presence of God, that's deception because you're not. Everywhere you go, he goes. Before I got born again, I was a mess. And I'm going to tell you, my mother prayed God into every nightclub I went into. Jesus went disco dancing. Now, that will offend some of you. I'm not saying he was out on the flashy dance floor. But I promise you, my mother said, wherever he goes, I need you to go. That was foreign to me back then. I thought, well, I'll just leave God outside. Now, I think God was a bouncer. He bounced me right into heaven. He's kept on bouncing me. <laughs> then there's the other miracle in Matthew chapter 15. I only have time to share a couple of these with you. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. 
they all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 besides women and children. Now, I don't know how many times we find ourselves in a situation where there's a deficiency, a lack, and rather than doing what Jesus did and saying, I thank you that you're going to turn this into what we need. We get frustrated, we get angry, and before you know it, we have disconnected our faith, our appreciation, our gratitude from God. We have a lot to be thankful for. And I know that throughout my theological upbringing in the last however many years now, I remember the scripture that was hard for people to, faith people to preach on, but Job had this revelation of God. And he was going through a very difficult time, and many say Job didn't deserve to go through it, but if you read the book of Job, and I read it every day for 42 days in 24, to every day I would just read through Job. And he was depending on his strength to protect his children. And I'm not saying God judged him, but the devil came before God. And what about your servant Job? Well, you know the story that Job went through a very difficult time. But Job came to this, this apex, of, this pinnacle of thinking in my, my books. And he says these words, implying that no matter what God does, he said, even though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Now that doesn't say thank you, but it says all of it says thank you because it doesn't matter, God. You are God. And no matter what goes on in my life, around my life, in my world, I will never quit on you. And I know that there's pushback and there are voices and there's chaos around us. And, and there are people, I'm just going to, I don't mean to disappoint you, but there are people who don't like you. That's good news. Because sometimes the people who don't like you are the people who help grow you. As a pastor, let me tell you, they're a lot more vocal about not liking me than you. They'll tell your friend. They come up to me and say, I just got to tell you right now. When I was a youth pastor, uh, I, I, we had a large youth group. We had about 1,000 kids. And <laughs> how many of you know that kids don't hold anything back? They just, they're just going to tell you everything. They, they don't even, they have no filters. I mean, it's just bleh. verbal, verbal vomit, VV. At the end of one of my services, I see this teenager coming up to me, probably, yeah, I think she was in the 12th grade, if I, if I recall, 11th, 12th grade. And she came up walking to me, and this, I'm not even exaggerating. This is how bad it gets. I don't like you. <laughs> well, God bless you, too. But I said, well, really? I said, uh, well, well, you know, can you help me understand why you don't like me? You look like my ex-boyfriend. I said, that's a good-looking sucker right there. I can see why you'd be mad. Say that. Say that. You know what? I just said, you know what? You're free to not like me if you want to. Hope to see you next week. That girl came back next week and gave her life to Jesus. If I would have said, well, good for you, don't come back, 
I don't know what would have happened, but in that moment, it was like the grace of God set on me and said, just love her. Just be grateful that she's here, even though she hates you. And I know right now in this crowd, there are people that you don't even know why you're here because you don't like me. But if you knew me, you'd love me. And I just made you even more angry. But to me, we create the atmosphere in which we live. You can say our home's a home of turmoil. You can change the turmoil. You can change the atmosphere of your home by being grateful, by giving thanks in the midst of difficulty, not enough food, my brother's dead, whatever it might be. You can be grateful and create an atmosphere that changes everything. There are tough times, and I wish there wasn't. And, you know, there are some people who just continue. You, you can talk to them a year from now, five years from now, and they're going to have the same exact complaints they had five years ago. They just never have moved on, and they're blaming their mom, their dad, their high school, their teachers. They're going to blame somebody instead of saying, you know what, God? It doesn't matter what goes on in the world. In every situation, I'm going to give you thanks. I'm not thanking you for sickness or disease. I'm not that, but in the midst of that sickness and disease, I'm going to be grateful because your gratitude opens the door to a miracle. God, thank you that my parents may not have been the best to me or maybe I was abused, but God, there are people out there that are going to love me and encourage me and treat me the way you would want them to treat me. Thank you, God. We're too often judging people because... They don't meet our expectations. Well, can I just tell you something? None of us meet everybody's expectations. We all fall short, the Bible says. But if we will be grateful for what we have and who we have, it can change everything in your family. When's the last time you told your wife she was beautiful and that you love her and that you're thankful for her? When's the last time she cooked a meal or even you cooked a meal and somebody said, thank you? Why should I say thank you? That's the job. That's what we agreed to when we got married. That Bless God, that's how it's going to be. Well, aren't you a redneck from Arkansas? <laughs> be grateful. Every day, be grateful. There are days that in, in your marriage that you're not going to, you're mad and you're choosing to be mad and you don't want, but you know one of the things that gets you out of the funk is in the midst of all the anger or frustration you might feel, look and say, I'm so thankful for you. I don't feel it. You know, that's, most people live their lives based on emotions. And I just got to tell you, not every day is a Cinderella day. There's not a rainbow in every day. Though in Oklahoma recently, there should be a lot of them. Raining more than I like. But thank you, Lord, for the water. Thanksgiving multiplies what we hold in our hands and our heart. Our thanksgiving gives back to those who've given to us. Other people are blessed by our expression of gratitude. Believe it or not, other people will be thankful when you're thankful. You reap what you sow. Well, so nobody ever thanks me. Well, why don't you start thanking them? I had a breakdown when I was 28 years old. I was working for UPS, going to college full-time getting up at 3 in the morning, going to UPS, working until 9 or 10, showering, coming home, going to class all day. At night, I had to study and married. 
and I'm going through all this, and I, I had this, this incredible meltdown. And, and my heart valve was opening that wasn't supposed to be opening, and just a lot of things going on in my world. And I wish I would have known then what I know now. God, thank you. I was so tired, and you say, I'm just tired, and I, 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 I don't have anything to be. I'm grateful I had a great job. I'm grateful I was getting a great education. There are just ways that we can change things by having a heart of gratitude. Some of you say, man, I, I have to work 55 hours a week. You know how many people are in line to say, I wish I had a place I could work 55 hours a week. There ain't no amens on that one. I can tell we got stimulus checks still coming. I'm thankful I got a stimulus check and I can play Warcraft. Very, very important that we understand every day we have something to be grateful for. I wasn't grateful that I had a heart valve that was opening that wasn't supposed to be, but I was grateful that I found out and they said, there's a way for you to change this. I said, how's that? They said, you got to stop doing so much. I was 28 years old. Now, you've got to understand what, what created that. This, this was so pivotal and such a turning point for me. I grew up in a home with a very strong baby builder dad. His family had 12 people in it. They didn't have time to say thanks over their food, much less thank you to somebody else. And I remember what God spoke to me during that time. He said, you've been expecting something from your father your whole life that you've never received. And he said, if you want to receive it, give him what you want from him. And my dad, was he was tough. I mean, he was just one of those guys. He wasn't affectionate, wonderful dad, wasn't affectionate, wasn't affirming, didn't talk much, was an introvert. And all I ever wanted from him was to hug me and say, I love you. But in his mind, every day he said, I love you by going to work and providing for me. And he did. But I wanted to hear it. So... I'll never forget. God said, give him what you want. So the first day I went over to his house and I hugged him with a bear hug and said, I love you. He turned into a rock. He didn't know what to do with that. But I kept doing it. And over time, he and I had built this relationship because I communicated gratitude to him and he gave it back to me. You see, sometimes you want something from somebody you think they owe you. My dad didn't owe me. He provided for me. He was a good dad. But I wanted something that I wasn't getting. And God said, if you'll give what you want, you'll get it back. Now, I don't know how that works for you, but it was a lesson for me. Be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for who you have. Some of you are expecting your spouse to change. You want them to be more like you. God help the world. There don't need to be two of you in one home. You'll kill each other. Be thankful for who you have. Quit looking around and remember what I said? Gratitude kills comparison. If you're grateful for who you have, you don't have to look around and want something else. It's important. Gratitude strengthens relationships. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. One man said, would you 
know who is the greatest saint in the world? It's not he who prays the most or fasts the most. It is not he who gives the most alms or is most eminent for temperance, chastity, or justice. But it is he who is always thankful to God, who wills everything that God wills, who received everything as an instance of God's goodness, and has a heart always ready to praise God for it. Have a grateful heart, and you'll have a great life. Viktor Frankl wrote a book. He went through the Holocaust, Man's Search for Meaning. He survived. And he tells how he survived. Got up every day, every day, and believed God, thankful for God, kept his focus. He wasn't fragmented by the gas chambers and all going around him. Sure, there was a lot of loss, and it was, it was terrible. It smelled terrible. It looked terrible. Everything was terrible, but he didn't allow his faith or his focus to get fragmented. There are voices pulling on every one of us every day, voices of doubt, fear, unbelief. And, and you know, you look and you say, well, they're, they're legitimate. There, there should be concern. Well, it depends on how you frame what's going on. If I frame it inside the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the presence of God, eternity, when I put everything in there, I go, you know what? If I were to die, I get to go to heaven. A friend of mine tells a story. He was, his car broke down in the desert. And there was not much traffic, and he needed a ride, and a guy pulled over. And they began to talk, and he let him know he was a Christian. And the guy pulls a gun and said, I'm going to kill you. He said, you can't scare a Christian with heaven. He said, you pull the trigger. I go from here. No more mortgage, no more electric, no more gas payments, no more credit card debt. Bye-bye. If you're here Friday night, you would get that. It's just a little fun thing that you don't want to miss another 50s plus. I mean, it's, it's out there. Because 50 plus people don't care anymore. You know what I'm saying? They're not teenagers all insecure. We're just out there going, we done messed up enough times. We don't care. You can go to the information of the welcome kiosk and ask Terry Hutchinson afterwards what this is all about. It's her fault. She's the one that unsanctified it. <laughs> but then we turned it around and we just all, laughter is good medicine. We overdosed. It was, we laughed so hard. Yeah. Appreciation is a wonderful thing. It makes what's excellent in others belong to us as well. We don't laugh enough in our society. We don't, we don't think about the good things. And some days it's hard. You get up and you've you got a court case. You've got a car payment overdue. You've got a broken down vehicle. You've got an air conditioner that needs to be replaced. The list goes on. 
it just seems never ending but if you stop and say God I'm just grateful for the life I have the salvation you've afforded me the grace you've extended to me all that you've done for me thank you I'm going to be a better person because of this challenge I'm going to get stronger in my spirit because of the opposition I'm I'm going to become a better person because I want to I'm not trying to impress anyone I just want to be closer to God and I found that gratitude moves me to the front of the line and you can be right there there's plenty of room at the front of the line enter his gates with thanksgiving his courts with praise let's pray father thank you for this month that we have focused on being grateful may it not just be a month may what was a month become a lifestyle for all of us to be grateful for who you are and what you do what you mean what you've provided what you're providing thank you that eternity is going to be bliss because we're in your presence with every head bowed every eye closed i remember july of 1977 laying in bed thinking if i died i know that immediately i would be separated from the presence of god forever that I would be destined for hell because I had no faith in God. I had not committed my life to Him or made a confession of faith in Him as an adult that knew that I knew I needed to do. In that summer of 1977, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. It's been a journey, and it will continue to be a journey, but God changes everything when we change our hearts and move toward Him. So I want to ask everyone to pray this prayer with me. Some of you, for the first time, you'll make him Lord of your life. Some of you will rededicate your life and recommit your life to him. So pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I call you Savior. I call you friend. I am forgiven. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. 405-500-1310. Just, just put the word SAVED in there. I promise you, it's going to change your life forever. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. not mean you're going to be perfect tomorrow or the rest of your life. It just means you're going to put your confidence and faith in God. So do that right now. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.